May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to be with you today. You know, I've just noticed, Caleb will appreciate this, at the 8 o'clock, the clock was not up on the back screen. I must have preached too long for Caleb that he's put the clock up for me this service. (laughs) Caleb, I assure you it will make no difference. (laughs) Uh, But it is good to be here with you all on this third Sunday of Advent. Uh, I want to talk to you today about this reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, it was one of those readings that I think I'm preaching to myself all week as I worked on this sermon. It really was a sermon that was for me. So maybe some of the rest of you need to hear it as well. But as I was kind of working on this and thinking about this, you know, I was thinking about how we identify. Like when we see different people, we like there's certain things we just think about them. Um, Like when we see Red, we know he was a Navy chief, and that's just a way we identify Red. And he's he's always doing something to help other people. uh, That's a veteran or something like that. And there's so many people in this congregation that we can look at. We think of Charlie with his Wednesday night dinners. And there's just ways that we identify with people. And as I was kind of preparing this sermon, I was thinking about that, and I'd had lunch right after I was ordained a priest, a former student that now works for the sheriff's department. And I'd met her, and I walk into the restaurant, and I'm in my dress shirt and collar, and she looks at me, and she goes, you are not the Matthew I know, wearing that stuff. And so we laughed and went on. And so about a week ago, I, I ran into her again. For, and we got together for lunch. And I walked in in my shorts and flip-flops and polo shirt. And she goes, ah, this is the Matthew I know. And I told her, believe me, if I could wear my collar and shorts and flip-flops every day, that's what I'd be wearing because I love my shorts and flip-flops. I said at the first service, it seems like I could do that. If you remember Father Al Durrance, he always wore red socks and sandals, so it seems like my thing could be shorts and flip-flops, but, you know, I don't want to take it too far. But anyway, as we think about people that we identify with and how we identify different things, there's definitely features of the Christian, of the follower of Christ that should be a distinguishing feature for us. And in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians... Uh, Paul is writing to the people and he says this is how to live in order to please God. And then in chapter 5, he tells some of those distinguishing features of the Christian. He says they're joyful in verse 16, they're prayerful in verse 17, and they're thankful in verse 18. And of course there's many more features, but these are just some of those characteristics of God's people. And I loved what John MacArthur had to say about this about these characteristics of the Christian, and he said, they are the best gauge of a person's spiritual condition. He said, don't judge your spirituality by church attendance. Don't judge your spirituality by ministry activity. Don't judge your spirituality by the fact that you do your Christian duty, that you give money, you show up at your Bible study, whatever it may be. Do not judge your spirituality by the fact that you have not robbed anybody that you haven't murdered anybody, that you haven't committed adultery, that you haven't lied and cheated on your income tax, that you haven't abused your wife and you don't abuse your children. Don't judge your spirituality on that. If you want to get in touch with your spiritual condition, if you want to know whether you are a spirit-filled person, 
then all you need to do is ask yourself, do I rejoice always? Do I constantly pray? And am I increasingly thankful? Because that's the spring from within. That's what's coming from the inside out. And I thought how true that is for us as Christians. What is coming from the inside out. And so today I really want to look at the piece thankfulness. That's really the big idea today is to give thanks in all circumstances. You know, we're supposed to be a people that are very thankful. And you know that regardless of what you have going on in your lives, we all have much to be thankful for. And the Bible is full of passages that talk about being thankful or being grateful for the blessings from God. In Psalm 7, verse 17, it says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. You see, our thanks begins with our thanks to God. Our thanks for what he has done for us by coming and dying on the cross. And in Hebrews 12, verses 28 and 29, it says, Therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For God is a consuming fire. For those people that are following Jesus, their thanks always begins with God because he's the one that gives us life. He's the one that's getting us through each day. And so that's where our thanks should begin. We should have a spirit of thankfulness when we're following Jesus. And even in Ephesians 5, it points out the same thing, that thankfulness is a distinguishing mark of the Christian faith. If we look at Colossians it says this, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You see, sometimes we get thanks confused with like the thanks from children when the grandparents give the kids a gift and we say, tell your grandparents thank you, and they go over, thank you. And it's just kind of one of those things they do. It's not really like, maybe it's genuine, but it's not like a big deal. It's just, all right, I'm supposed to say it. Thank you so much. And you go on your way. This thankfulness is not that. This is an overflowing thankfulness. This is a thankfulness that's in everything that we do. We're so thankful first for what Jesus has done for us. And then we're thankful for the many blessings in our lives and so, as we think about this, are we a people that are overflowing with thankfulness? Do we always find something to be thankful for? Are we people that often say, well, this is really nice, this is good, but, but I'd rather have, but I'd rather be doing, but I'd rather, and how often do we fall into that category? Even when we might have really good things or be blessed with really good families and all this stuff, we still say, but. I think if I just had this one more thing, then I'd really be thankful. Because that other thing is just a little bit better. And I know as I was preparing this sermon, I evaluated my own life. Because how often do I do that very same thing? And say, well, I like this, but what I really want is this. And then I'll really show thankfulness. And you see, as Christians, we're supposed to be overflowing with, with thankfulness all the time in our lives. And so really what prevents us from that overflowing thankfulness is, is the rest of what Paul said. Paul said we're to be thankful in all circumstances, and yet it's those circumstances that often cause us the problems. 
It's those circumstances that often cause us not to be thankful. I thought about this this week, and this is a simple thing, but I said this is a good example of how quickly we change our focus and what we're doing. So on Monday, good day at the office, left, went out to the World Equestrian Center to see the lights, had dinner, had good company, had a really nice time, get home, wake up in the night with a fever. And feel really crummy on Tuesday, stay home, and believe me, I am not one that rests very well. I do not like sitting around doing nothing, but that's all I felt like doing. And I'd gone from, I was really thankful on Monday, life was good, things were going well, circumstances were good, to just a little fever, a little cough, and all of a sudden now, I'm grumbling, I'm complaining, things aren't going my way. And lo and behold, someone from the church texts me and says, I heard you were sick, how are you feeling? And I said, fine. I said, I need to be working on my sermon, but I just feel so blah, and I don't feel like doing it, and I'm kind of grumbling to them. And they said, well, what's it on? I said, well, the big idea is be, be thankful in all circumstances. <laughs> and as I typed it to them back, that text, I went, ooh. And she writes back and she says, so are you thankful in your circumstances today, Father Matthew? I said, not really. And she goes, well, maybe God's trying to tell you something. Maybe you need to be thankful that you're getting a day to rest. Maybe you needed rest today. And I said, oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. But it was one of those things that really got to me because that's when I really got to thinking about it, how our circumstances impact us and how quickly we change from a grateful and thankful heart to this just isn't right. I'm not happy about this. And we become ungrateful so quickly and we just disregard all the many blessings that God is doing and what he's doing in that moment of maybe this isn't a circumstance we want to be going through. And so as I thought about this, I said, well, how are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to be thankful in all circumstances when all of us are going through things? Every one of us in this room is going through something. And we'd rather be doing, dealing with something else. We'd rather be going through something else. And we're not necessarily giving thanks for that. Well, Paul gives us the answer in verses 23 and 24. He says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. You see, there's a word in there. There's a word, sanctify. He's sanctifying you. He's sanctifying us when we come to faith in him. And that means that we're set apart. We're set apart to be used by God. We're going through that process of sanctification. And when we accept Jesus and he comes into our lives to rule and reign, he really sends the Holy Spirit in to clean us up. He really sends the Holy Spirit in to do a good construction clean. Because we all really need a do-over in a lot of ways because of the sin that's entered the world and come into our hearts. And so when we're told to be thankful in all circumstances and we say, how am I supposed to do that? That's really the answer, is that we have to turn to Jesus. We have to turn to him. Because it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
Because even when we don't feel thankful, even when our circumstances aren't what we want them to be, God can enable us towards thankfulness. We might say our circumstances are bad, but even through that, the Holy Spirit is saying, even through those tears, even through the pain, even through the disappointment, the loss of loved ones, of financial security, of jobs, of relationships, whatever it might be, He is enabling us to be thankful and walk through those. So thankfulness, true overflowing thankfulness that Paul is talking about only really comes as a relationship through Jesus Christ. And I think as we go through this Advent season, you know, we talk so much, this is a season of preparation. This is a season of preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ. And yet so many of us spend so much time preparing for the parties, for the get-togethers, the house clean, is the food made, are the presents bought, are the kids going to be happy, are the grandkids going to be happy, did we leave anybody out? And that's our preparation. That becomes our preparation in Advent is preparing all these things to be right for Christmas morning or for Christmas Eve. And we miss the big thing here. It's not about all that stuff. That stuff is fine and good and we can enjoy it. But this is a season of preparation for the birth of Jesus, for the coming of Jesus. And how often we forget that in the busyness of this season. And you see, when we really have to be a people that are letting Jesus come into our hearts, we can't just assimilate to these ideas that are in the Bible and incorporate them into our lives. We must start by opening the door to him. We must bow down to him and let him rule in our lives. You see, so often we're, it's easy to accept an ethical call. It's easy to accept an ethical way to live. But how is that different from anybody else in the world that accepts those good ethical things? It's not. And when hard times comes, we're going to fail and we're going to mess up. But if we go through this looking to Jesus first and asking him in first and doing this through the power of the Holy Spirit, it changes everything. Because we may have joy and we may be thankful without Jesus, but times are going to come that's going to be not so joyful and we're not going to be so thankful. But when Christ comes in, it changes everything because then we have overflowing joy and overflowing thankfulness. It changes everything in us. And so as we go through the holiday season, though, sometimes that's not how we view this. Sometimes that's not how we view the Advent season. Instead, we drag ourselves to family parties and smile and deal with those family members that we really don't want to be around. We go to church because that's what you're supposed to do this time of year. And then you have to sit and listen to some guy up front that's going on about being thankful, and you really don't want to hear about being thankful because I don't know what's going on in your life and the things you're having to deal with because they're so much worse. And you say, how can I be thankful? And you know what the truth is? We've all been there. We've all sat in these seats in church and said, Ugh, I don't want to hear this message today. I don't want to be doing these things. I really am not in the mood for any of this. And, but we come and we sit because we feel it's our duty. We feel it's what we're supposed to be doing. But you see, when Jesus comes in, it changes that. It's no longer a duty. It's a joy. 
It's not that I know I should do it. It's that I want to do it. I love to do it. I want to be there. And it really changes everything about us to the point that we are overflowing in these things that Paul talks about. You know, and here's really the deal. We can try to be like Jesus all we want. We can leave here today and vow to have more thankfulness and to be a more grateful person and to have more joy and to be more prayerful. And we can say all of those things, but I guarantee you it's not going to happen when you go out with that attitude that you're going to do this on your own. It's just not going to happen. But if we leave here today allowing Jesus to come into our hearts, and letting his Holy Spirit to consume us and direct how we live, then, just then, I think it will be possible that as the Holy Spirit does that cleanup job on us, that we will start to change, that we will start to have that overflowing joy in our lives, and the overflowing thankfulness, and we will constantly be in prayer, because that is what we're going to want more than anything else. Because thankfulness really does come when we have an understanding of what Jesus has done for us. And as we go through this Advent season, I hope that we're preparing our hearts for the coming of his son. And so I'd say if you're struggling today to be thankful, ask the Holy Spirit to do the diagnosing in your life. I know I really enjoyed after I got through the uh, initial having to stay home for a couple of days that I said, ah, I'm kind of enjoying this because I'm allowing time to just be quiet, to spend a little more time in the Bible than I normally would, to spend some more time in prayer, and asking the Holy Spirit, please diagnose me. Where am I struggling? Where am I falling short? Where am I not letting you into all areas of my life? Because the Holy Spirit will convict us and diagnose us. And maybe it's because we haven't received Jesus that we're struggling in our circumstances, or maybe it's we have received him, but we're not investing in that relationship anymore because there's so many other things coming our way and our roots are just not growing. And I think that's how many of us end up in our Christian walk. It becomes a routine in a lot of ways. And we come to church and we go to Bible study and we check all the boxes but we're not growing because we're not really investing in it. We're doing it out of duty. We're not doing it because we love him. And I think as we go through this Advent time, it's easy to leave Jesus out of all the preparation. But I said if you don't have time to buy the gifts and the house isn't perfectly clean, and maybe not everyone's getting exactly what they want, if you've prepared your hearts for Jesus, and you're investing in your family in that area most, that is the most important thing you can do this holiday season. You know, I hope we can be like Job. As Job went through all of those things, at one point he says, you have granted me life and steadfast love, Lord, and you, your care has preserved my spirit. Are we a people that can say, Lord, your care has preserved my spirit? Your love has preserved my spirit. Even when things aren't going the way I want them to go, your care has preserved my spirit. And as a result of that, I am thankful. I wanted to end this a little differently than we normally would. And I intentionally did not ask Caleb to put this up on the screen. 
So this is called the Book of Common Prayer. And I know most of us think what's in the Book of Common Prayer is right one and right two for Sunday mornings. But there is a lot in this book that's really, really good. So if you have access under the seat in front of you to this black book, you can flip to page 836. Sorry, front row. I know, I know. But I would encourage you, as you flip to this page 836, I would encourage you, if you don't own a Book of Common Prayer, get one. I can't tell you how many times this book has helped me get into the Word. When you wake up and you go, I'm just not feeling it today, because it's got morning prayer and noonday prayer and evening prayer, and there's just so many good things in it. I would encourage you, get a copy, delve into it, look at it, you're going to learn so much. But I wanted to conclude this homily with what's on page 836 that we could say together this general thanksgiving. Accept, O Lord, our thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the splendor of the whole creation, for the beauty of this world, for the wonder of life, and for the mystery of love. We thank you for the blessing of family and friends, and for the loving care which surrounds us on every side. We thank you for setting us at tasks which demand our best efforts and for leading us to accomplishments which satisfy and delight us. We thank you also for those disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence on you alone. Above all, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his word and the example of his life, for his steadfast obedience by which he overcame temptation, for his dying through which he overcame death, and for his rising to life again, in which we are raised to the life of your kingdom. Grant us the gift of your spirit that we may know Christ and make him known, and through him, at all times and in all places, may give thanks to you in all things. Amen. May we be a people so filled with Jesus that we are overflowing with thanksgiving in all circumstances. Amen.